This is On and Off Your Mat Podcast, episode 175, Accessing Your Inner Wisdom. Are you indecisive or struggling making decisions? Always wondering if you're making the right decision for yourself? If you're feeling like you have to be able to intellectually justify your preferences and your choices to other people, today's episode is for you. Accessing your inner wisdom, your intuition, and trusting your yeses and your noes is the way to make the most effortless and aligned choices. Your inner wisdom is a powerful tool for living a more fulfilling, authentic, and joyful life. And it's a skill that can be cultivated and developed over time, and the benefits of doing so are truly transformative. We'll talk about what is your inner wisdom, why it's important to connect to it, and how to do that. We'll look at obstacles you might encounter and tools you can use. And I'm excited to talk about this with you guys because accessing my own inner wisdom and trusting what is right for me is one of my superpowers. Enough for other people to notice and point it out. And if you are a highly sensitive person like me, this is probably one of yours too, even if it still needs to be developed. If you're unsure about how sensitive you are or if you're sensitive at all, I do have a quiz for you to discover your sensitivity profile. With the results, you'll also receive tools that are just for you to learn to support your sensitivity and turn it into a superpower as well. You'll have the link in the show notes to take the quiz if you're interested. Before we get to today's episode, I want to say thank you if you've reached out to me on Instagram to talk about my other solo episodes, or any episode for that matter. I am glad that they have been helpful, and I love connecting with you guys. And I would really enjoy to chat with you or read your takeaways on today's episode. So you can either DM me, come say hi, or take a screenshot of the episode and share one of your takeaways with me, tagging at On and Off Your Mat Podcast in your story. And from there, I'll see it and we'll connect. All right, let's get to today's episode. Hey guys, welcome back. All right, let's start by introducing the concept of inner wisdom. What is your own inner wisdom? Inner wisdom is essentially the deep, intuitive sense of knowing that comes from within you. It's that inner voice that whispers to you when you are faced with a decision or a challenge. It's that inner voice that's guiding you towards what feels right and true for you. It's the part of you that has the clear sense of your values, your desires, and your needs, and it helps you navigate the complexities of life with greater ease and clarity. I'm sure you've been faced with a tough decision before and felt torn between two options. Maybe one option seemed more logical as a choice, but your gut was telling you to choose the other one. This is your inner wisdom at work, that intuitive sense of knowing that is beyond your rational mind, right? It's that feeling of, I'm not sure why, but I know this is the right decision for me. Another way to explain it would be if you've had a feeling in your body that something was off in a situation, even though there wasn't any obvious reason for it, that too is your inner wisdom, this subtle, often physical sensation that helps you and guides you towards a decision. In this case, maybe it was about not going to the event or not going with a particular person or leaving early 
or taking a different road home or crossing the street when you were walking, things like that. So why are we needing or wanting to connect to that inner wisdom? As I said in the intro, I consider accessing my inner wisdom one of my superpowers. And some of the most beautiful things in my life have come from listening to that voice. So I think connecting to your inner wisdom is super important because it's aligned with your values, your desire, and your needs. You make just better decisions for yourself, decisions that are truly in your best interest rather than just following what others think you should do or what seems more logical on the surface. Then because you're making more aligned choices, you live with a greater sense of integrity and in turn, you live more authentically. When you get into the habit of listening to your own inner wisdom, you practice cultivating a greater sense of awareness as well and emotional intelligence. You can gain insight from your own thoughts, your own feelings, and your behaviors, and you can learn how to navigate the complexity of life with greater ease and grace. Over time, connecting with your inner wisdom can bring you a sense of peace of joy and of fulfillment in your life. There's no doubt anymore about your decisions. This is where the peace comes from. And when you're able to live in alignment and with your deepest truth, you're more likely to experience a sense of purpose and a sense of meaning in your life and to feel a greater sense of connection, not only to yourself, to others, but also to the world around you. Overall, inner wisdom is a powerful resource that we all have access to. It's just a matter of learning how to tune in and how to listen to it. So let's dive into that. There are many ways to start. And for me, the most important first step is practicing listening. But for that to happen, you have to create space for quiet. I think quieting the mind is needed when trying to access your inner wisdom because it allows you to move beyond the chatter of your everyday thought and tap into a deeper, more intuitive part, that quieter part of yourself. We talked about that voice earlier being like a whisper, so it can be easily drowned into the noise of a busy and distracted mind. And on top of that, you probably have external habits of distraction when it comes to quieting the overthinking mind, right? So we get distracted with the external. Maybe it's on your phone, binging TV, or like never being alone, always being with other people. So when we have habits of external distraction, it can become difficult to discern without the quiet, that subtle voice that is our inner wisdom. So by quieting the mind, you create space for that voice to be heard more clearly. On top of that, quieting the mind can help you cultivate a sense of inner calm and peace, which makes it easier to access your inner wisdom. It's kind of a good cycle instead of a vicious cycle. When you're feeling stressed and anxious, 
it can be challenging to tune into your intuition and make clear and wise decisions. So by calming your mind and cultivating a sense of inner peace, you create kind of the perfect conditions for your inner wisdom to then emerge. So how do you do that is up to you. I personally like movement, chanting, breath work, mindfulness, meditation, and spending time in nature. So try to carve out some time each day to sit in stillness and in silence, even if it's just for a few minutes. Movement practices like yoga, dance, tai chi, qigong can be a great way to express and connect to your body's wisdom. But you just have to choose a physical practice, a movement practice that works for you and that encourages you to move mindfully, this is important, and to tune in to the physical sensation to develop greater awareness of your body and its needs. When it comes to the breath, any breath pattern that is calming for you will be helpful here. Maybe it's a long, deep breath. Maybe it's a three-part breath. Maybe it's a longer exhale, like a two-to-one ratio. Maybe it's a box breath practice. Maybe it's a left nostril breathing. There's so many options for you. And then in between a pure mindfulness practice and a pure meditation practice, I would also insert body scans and yoga nidras. Once you've quieted the mind, it's time to connect to and befriend that voice. I like to start by just paying attention. By paying attention to your thoughts, your feelings, and your physical sensations, you can open that line of communication. You practice listening. If you're completely new to this, you can start with hunger and thirst. That simple. Listen to your body and eat when you feel hungry. Drink when you feel thirsty. Rather than ignoring your hunger cues and sticking to a more rigid eating schedule. This might seem silly, but you are maybe for the first time telling your body, I hear you, I see you, we're a team, I got your back. You can also start by dropping what you're doing when you need to use the bathroom and going right away. How many times in your life have you continued to work and continued to do something and having to kind of wiggle around because you need to go to the bathroom so bad? Just stop and go. Listen to the signal your body is sending. Not having a third cup of coffee could be another example because you're feeling some anxiety rising up, right? Resting when you're tired. Really getting into the habit of listening to your body. In this case, taking a break, even if it's just for a few minutes, to recharge your energy levels. Moving your body when you feel stiff or tense. Maybe it's stretching, going on a walk, doing a gentle yoga practice. Anything that could help you release tension and improve circulation. Maybe it's avoiding certain foods or substances that don't agree with you. Maybe it's dairy or gluten or coffee altogether. Paying attention to your breathing is also another one, right? Catching yourself when you're not breathing or when you're breathing really shallow and up into the chest and taking a few conscious breaths. How are you breathing right now? <sighs> there it is. Those are all simple, everyday way to start to listen to your body. As you get comfortable with those, you can practice listening to your emotions and feelings. 
Our emotions and feelings, they come and they are expressed in physical sensation. So there could be very good indicators of what is going on inside of you. And they can provide valuable insight into your needs, your desires, and your boundaries. When you tune in into your feelings and the physical sensations that come with it, you can start to develop a deeper awareness of your own inner landscape. You begin to notice patterns and themes in your emotions and physical sensations, and you can start to use this information to gain a better understanding of yourself and your experiences. So listening to your feelings and physical sensations can be a powerful gateway to access your more subtle inner knowing. I see it kind of like a bridge. As we become more attuned to our feelings and physical sensations, we might start to notice more subtle signals and cues from our bodies and our inner selves. These may show up as an intuitive hunch, a fleeting thought or image or a sense of just knowing something is right or something is wrong without being able to explain how or why. From here, for me, the next step is to start to listen so you're able to classify the information you receive as a yes or as a no. Here are a few things that in my body mean yes. A sense of calm, of peace, Right, that can manifest in physical sensation of like relaxation or feeling grounded or centered or things just feeling kind of easy and effortless. Number two, I would say a feeling of expansion. So when something feels right or aligned with your inner wisdom, you might experience that physical sensation of opening, of warmth, even a tingly sensation, tingly feeling in your chest, in your stomach or like you're able to take more space. And this could also feel like a bit more of a lightness or a buoyancy. Number three, and this is the strongest for me, it's goosebumps or chills. Sometimes when you're in touch with your inner wisdom, you might experience those. They're the sign that you're tapping into something deep and meaningful. And this is, as I was saying, the most obvious for me, the one that happens the most often when I get goosebumps, I know that what I'm saying right now is truly, deeply authentic and true for myself. Here are a few things that mean no in my body. A feeling of dread, disgust, discomfort, or just a general unease, like, ugh, I don't know about this. A feeling of heaviness, right? Like your feet are kind of stuck to the ground or you don't feel like you have the energy to move. A feeling of contraction. This might feel like a tightness or a discomfort in the body, but also that sense of closing off, like the opposite of expansion, of lightness, of buoyancy, right? It's the closing off, like even physically kind of rounding your back, closing your heart space or closing the space of your belly. And lastly, a sense of numbness or detachment. This is not 100% a no, but this is a sign that I am disconnected from my emotions or my inner self, so I'm not in touch with my inner wisdom. And this is a sign that this is not time for me to make a decision. So in that case, it's kind of a no for now and we'll revisit later. 
right? Getting in touch with your yeses and your noes, especially as a sensitive person that is more attuned to the feelings and the emotions of others and that has probably has a strong desire to please and accommodate others. This is really important. It's a really important step to connect to your inner wisdom. It will give you a clarity that will help you avoid confusion and uncertainty about what you want because you have some tendency to people please. It will help you set boundaries with others because when you know what you want and you can communicate it more clearly and then more assertively, that will help you overcommit or take on too much. And it can build your confidence and your self-trust as you make decisions and act for your highest interest or with your highest interest at heart. Just like feeling your feelings is a way to befriend your body's communication system, setting boundaries and learning to say no to things that are not aligned with your values, your desires, and your needs is a great way to build or rebuild your inner trust. When it comes to those steps, you can add tools like journaling, automatic writing, or even dream journaling to also connect to your inner wisdom in different ways. One, you listen, and two, here you're a bit more active with the writing. And you can write down your thoughts and feeling to help yourself get clarity and connect to your inner wisdom. You can write down a question or an issue you struggle with and then put a timer and just answer without any censoring. Just let it all come out and then you can go back and read and pull out the information that's useful. The act of journaling can help you tap into that intuition and gain insight that you might not have access to otherwise because sometimes mentally we block ourselves by saying like, oh no, this is not the right answer. And just saying that kind of blocks the creative flow of thinking. So if you're writing and you're not censoring, it might be easier for you to push through the things that you know are not the right answer, but kind of need to be put out into the world so you get more clarity in your head. Paying attention to your dreams and writing them down can also be a powerful way to connect with your inner wisdom. I think dreams can be symbolic and offer insight into your subconscious mind. So you can keep a notebook by your bed and write your dreams as soon as you wake up so you don't forget them. And over time, you might start to notice patterns and themes that can help you gain a deeper understanding of yourself and your inner wisdom. So here are a couple extra tools for you. The next step in my book is self-compassion and open-mindedness. The more inward you go and the more subtle we go, the more difficult it gets to pick up on information, especially that inner voice if it's been censored, silenced, or ignored for a long time. The more you connect with it, the louder and clearer it's going to become. The least you've connected with it, the more quiet it has become. So it might take time and patience for you to reconnect to it. Open-mindedness is also crucial for accessing your inner wisdom. When you approach your inner voice with an open mind, you'll be able to receive insights and guidance that might not have been apparent to you before. This means that being willing to let go of your preconceived notions or beliefs and being open to new ideas and perspective will give you more options. 
when you're open-minded, you can be more receptive to the wisdom that's already within you and you can become more confident in following its guidance. So together, self-compassion and open-mindedness create a supportive and accepting environment for your inner voice to emerge and to be heard. So by treating yourself with kindness and keeping an open mind, you can develop a greater sense of trust again in your intuition and use it to guide your life. From there, we go to intuition in general. We are moving from the most obvious, we started with the body, and we're moving towards the least obvious, the things that we can't see and touch. Intuition is that feeling or sense that arises within you, often without any clear logical explanation, and can show up in different ways, like a gut feeling, a hunch, a sense of knowing. It's a way of accessing your subconscious mind and the deeper layers of your being, where you can tap into insights and knowledge that might not be immediately apparent to your conscious mind. Of course, you might rely on some of the physical and emotional sensations I mentioned earlier, but it can also be just a sense of knowing. In many ways, intuition is the language of your inner wisdom. By learning to understand your intuition, you can more easily tap into your inner guidance system. I have a meditation to access your intuitive mind in the podcast membership. It's the exact method I have used to develop my own intuition. So check the show notes for that link, and I would strongly invite you to check it out and practice this meditation a few times. It will definitely help you on this journey. As you're working on building compassion and open-mindedness and self-trust, one question that comes up often is how do I learn to trust what the voice says, right? Because we never have a guarantee that we're actually hearing what we think we're hearing or that that voice is the voice of our inner wisdom. When you're trying to follow your inner wisdom and your intuition, it's common to experience fears and doubts that can hold you back. And I think that's the most common one, doubting the truthfulness of the voice you hear. I remember asking myself, is this truly the voice of my inner wisdom or is this the voice of my ego or is this the voice of fear? Can I trick myself into doing something I quote unquote want, but that is not in my highest good, right? Like I've had these reflections for a long time. What I've discovered over time is that you can learn to make the difference and recognize as we go back to the body sensation, which voice is what. So by paying attention to your feelings, your inner voice usually comes in a sense of clarity and ease. It's soft. It's that whisper. While the voice of your ego or fear tends to be more anxious, more doubtful, more judgmental, more pushy, more urgent. So you can notice the feeling in the tone of the voice and how it makes your body feel. If it makes your body feel at ease, it's probably your inner wisdom. If it makes your body feel in danger in some way, it's probably the voice of your fear or your ego trying to protect you from danger. So it has to kind of tell you you're in danger so you protect yourself. So this is one of the tricks you can use. Then you can check in with your values. If your inner voice is aligned with your values and desires and long-term goals, 
or it is aligned with your values, desires, and long-term goals. So when you're faced with a decision or an action you quote-unquote want, you can ask yourself whether it does align with those deepest values and priority. If not, it is not your inner wisdom. If it doesn't align with your long-term values and goals, the voice you're hearing is probably ego-based or fear-based. And you can always go back to getting still and quiet to make a little bit more space for that inner voice, and it will become more accessible when you're in that state of calm or quiet. So if you're feeling that you're a little stressed or a little anxious, a little agitated, a little frustrated, chances are this is not the voice of your inner wisdom. Then you can test it out. If you're unsure whether a particular decision or action is aligned with your inner voice, there are a few ways you can test it out. But first, let me finish my train of thoughts on the doubts and the fears, and then we'll get back to that. Another common fear that can hold you back is the fear of making the wrong decision. This fear can cause you to doubt your inner voice and second guess yourself all the time. So to overcome this fear, you might have to remind yourself that there's no wrong decisions, really. There's only opportunities for growth and for learning. And with that, as you get to trust that you have the ability to course correct, if needed, then every experience can offer valuable lessons. And that gives you permission to try and to go forward, even if in the grand scheme of life, it turns out to be, quote unquote, what seem at the time to be the wrong decision. Another common fear is the fear of failure or rejection. This fear can make you hesitant to take risks or to pursue your dreams. So to overcome this fear, you can focus on the potential rewards of following your intuition and taking aligned action. Remembering that failure and rejections are not personal flaws, but simply a part of that journey, a bit like the quote-unquote wrong decision. They will teach you something about yourself, about what you need, about what you value, and then you can continue on this journey. So it's about embracing a growth mindset and seeing every step back as an opportunity to continue to learn and continue to grow. Finally, it's common to fear judgment and or criticism from other people when you're following your own intuition because they want you to explain it to them. They want to understand why you're making this choice that seems so illogical to them. And this fear can cause you to hold back and really play it safe. So to overcome this fear, you have to focus on your own value and your own priorities. And this is where the justification, if it's required by someone else, if it's requested by someone else, is going to come from. It's not going to come from an intellectual understanding of why you're doing something. You can justify with how it aligns with your own values and your own priorities. And it's a bit more difficult for someone to argue about that. So remember that you don't need external validation to know what's right for you. And over time, you can learn to surround yourself with more supportive people who encourage and uplift you and don't let their own opinion and their own value and their own priorities get in the way of your journey. All right, so let's loop back to the steps we talked about. We had quieting the mind, paying attention first to the physical sensations and eventually to our emotions, connecting to your yeses and your noes, 
building self-compassion and open-mindedness and self-trust and connecting with our intuition. And then the last thing we talked about, you can include it as a step, is like dealing with your fears and any roadblocks you might encounter. The next step is kind of a parallel practice. It doesn't 100% relate to your inner wisdom because we are seeking information outside of ourselves, but it's a way to practice the same skills of listening, particularly to the very subtle and intangible messages that we receive. So here I would add as a next step, asking for guidance. And you can use those tools to ask also for a confirmation of your inner guidance. So you can use guidance from tarot, synchronicity, angels, ascending masters, or the universal wisdom, so on. And if some of these are new to you, I'll go over them quickly. Tarot and oracle cards are decks of cards with different images and meaning, and you can use them to ask questions, to get guidance on a specific issue. As I said, ask confirmation about your choice. You just have to shuffle the deck and then draw a card and lay it or make a spread depending on the deck, and you can interpret the messaging. Tarot and oracle cards can be helpful as a tool to tap into your intuition and to gain more insight into your inner wisdom by asking that confirmation and checking in with your body if it feels like a yes or like a no. Then the next tool you can play with is synchronicity. Synchronicity is the experience of a meaningful coincidence that seems to be more than just a random chance. To work with synchronicity, pay attention to the signs and the symbols that appear in your life. You can keep a journal and record any pattern or coincidences that you notice. And then you can reflect on the messages or the meanings that these experiences may be trying to convey to you. Let's say you've been contemplating a career change, but you're not sure which direction to take. Then you start to see ads for a particular field of work everywhere you go, on billboards, in magazines, even on your social media feed. You start meeting people that do that job and have conversation with these people that all seem to be happy and fulfilled in their job. This could be a sign of synchronicity, indicating that you're on the right path. Angels are another tool. Angels are spiritual beings who can offer guidance, protection, and support. To work with angels, you have to start by asking for their assistance, and you can do this through prayer, meditation, or simply speaking out loud. Pay attention to any signs or message you may receive. Oftentimes, people talk about feathers, coins, or like unexpected encounters with people who seem to have embody angelic qualities. You might have heard of Archangel Metatron, Michael, Gabriel, and so on. Each angel are known for a particular thing and can help you in particular ways. Repeating numbers are also called angel numbers. So 111-222-333-444. They can be a message from your angels and your inner wisdom that you're on the right path. Each number is a different meaning, and so you can look up the significance of the numbers you are seeing to gain insight into what your inner wisdom is trying to tell you through your angel support. Finally, there's ascending masters. 
Ascending masters are highly evolved spiritual beings who have transcended the cycle of birth and death. To work with ascending masters, you choose one you resonate with and you ask for their guidance and for their support. You can do this again through prayer to meditation or visualization. You may also want to study their teachings or read their books or anything about their life to deepen that connection. The most known are probably Jesus, Buddha, and Kuan Yin. It's important, though, to remember that while working with these entities can be helpful, ultimately the most powerful source of inner wisdom will come from, you've guessed it, yourself. So by developing a strong connection with your own intuition and your own inner guidance, you can cultivate a deeper sense of self-awareness and trust in your own abilities. So you can use those extra tools as a way to practice your skill or as a way to connect to something greater than you and then putting that information against your own inner wisdom. The last step I used to create my own inner wisdom was to testing it out. There are several things you can do to test out your own inner wisdom. I love to, as simple as this is, toss a coin and see what my instinctual reaction is to the result. When you have two decisions and you're unsure, as soon as you toss that coin up, chances are you will know what you want it to land on. Or as soon as you take your hand, your first second of reaction, you will know if you're disappointed by that result or if you're happy. So this is a really easy way to kind of test Once you've connected in and you think you've made a decision, you can try to toss that coin and see how you feel about it. For years, I also used muscle testing. Traditionally, to perform muscle testing, you need a partner who can help you. Here is how it looks. You stand up straight with your feet about shoulder width apart and one arm straight out of your side parallel to the floor. Then you have your partner stand in front of you and place your hand on your wrist or on your forearm. Then you think of a statement that you want to test. So for example, you would start with something that is absolutely true. I could say in my case, my name is Erica. And then your partner will gently press down on your arm while you're gently resisting or meeting that pressure. If the statement is true and aligned with your inner wisdom, you should be able to resist the pressure and keep your arm up. If the statement is false and not aligned with your inner wisdom, you'll have a weaker response and your arm will kind of drop down some amount. So first you can test it with something you know to be true and something you know to be false just to feel the difference in your body. And then once that's online, you can test your statement or your idea or your choice coming from your inner wisdom. I have also learned a way to do it alone by connecting your thumb and your ring finger and doing the same thing. You start with a yes, trying to separate the fingers. Then you do something that's a no to get the difference between the two. And then you test your statement. So for me, with the yes, they stay pretty strongly together. And with the no, they're easily separated. You can do the same thing with your whole body. And I think this is easier for beginners than doing muscle testing. This is called a body pendulum. So you can stand or sit with your feet shoulder width apart and your arms relax at your side. You close your eyes and you focus on your whole body. And then you can ask your body, what does a yes feel like? 
again, you can say a statement that you know 100% to be true. And for me, that manifests in a slight forward movement. And when I say a statement that is known to be untrue, it's more of a backward movement. We're talking about a subtle shift in your body centers of gravity. So you can take note of those sensations and then you can ask your question. And once you have identified your yeses and your noes and you ask your question, of course, they have to be yes, no questions, <laughs> but your body will sway in the same way aligning and confirming your response. So some people find it helpful also to like hold a crystal or an object that helps them focus their energy during the session. If they tend to be like distracted or disconnected a little bit, you might have to find quiet first, find inner connection first. It's also important to know that while body pendulum can be helpful tool to accessing your own inner wisdom, muscle testing and all these things, it's not foolproof. And you shouldn't let yourself be influenced by those external factors. Because in this case, the results can be skewed by your fatigue, your stress, or any physical discomfort. And so just like with any divination tool, it's important to use your own discernment and not rely solely on the tools for guidance. In the same way, you can use an object as a pendulum. Oftentimes, it's a crystal with a chain, and you can ask a question. This is yes, this is no. Chances are the crystal will go, let's say, from right to left for one and for up and down for the other one, something like that. So there's many options you can play with here. Lastly, you can test your information in a low-stakes situation, and you'll see pretty quickly how you feel about it and what happens. So if you have a decision of moving away to another country, maybe you go and take a weekend and travel to that country and see how you feel and if you can visualize yourself there. That would be like an example, right? If you have an idea of changing careers, maybe there's a way that you can shadow someone for a day. You know, so being creative about that and trying to put yourself in the situation you want with no or very low stakes. So you don't have big consequences in case that was the wrong decision. All right. Before we wrap this up, I want to go over a few last obstacle you might encounter. We've talked about fears and doubts, but there's also a few other things. So connecting with your inner wisdom can be challenging at times, especially if you're dealing with these common obstacles. One would be stress. I've talked about it already with the pendulum, full body pendulum. Well, if you're stressed, you might not have a clear reading. And then I would include busyness and negative self-talk. So when you're stressed, it can be difficult to tune into that inner wisdom, as I was saying, because stress can relate and create mental and emotional clutter, making it hard to quiet the mind and to listen to that voice. And also, the more you're stressed, the more the voice of the ego and the voice of fear is going to come forward and you'll have to work to make the difference. When you are stressed and you're trying to connect to your inner wisdom, you have to start with some type of self-care practice to help you manage your stress and then make time for an activity that maybe brings you joy or relaxation so you can create that state of calm and peacefulness in your environment, in your home, and within yourself. You can go back to episode 117, Understanding Your Stress for Some Tools, or 142, Tools for Your Nervous System, and you have all sorts of tools there to help you move out of the fight or flight state and into the 
calm, relax, rest, digest, and heal state. Another obstacle to connect to your inner wisdom, as I said before, is busyness. When you're constantly on the go and you're rushing from one task to the next, it could be hard because of the lack of slowing down. That slowing down is what allows you to tune into that inner voice, just like the quieting, right? If you find yourself super busy, then you'll have to try some relaxation technique or add some management prioritization, like identifying the most important tasks and responsibilities you have at the moment and focusing on those first. It might mean that you need to create boundaries around your time or that you might need to learn to say no to commitments that don't align with your values and goals. So if you're constantly busy, you have to take some actions from that list to become less busy, or at least to have less of the busy energy in your life, so you can access that inner quiet, inner slowness, inner wisdom more easily. The last obstacle I wanted to mention is negative self-talk. It can also get in the way of connecting to your inner wisdom because when you're constantly criticizing yourself or doubting your own abilities, it can be really hard to trust your intuition and your inner guidance. So to overcome this obstacle, you have to practice self-compassion, positive self-talk. You have to treat yourself with kindness and understanding so you can focus on your strength, your accomplishments, and on trusting the information you receive from within yourself. So by recognizing and addressing those common obstacles, you can create the space and the mindset needed to connect to your inner wisdom and cultivate that deeper sense of self-awareness and personal growth. Final thought, it's not enough just to connect with it once or twice and then forget about it. Instead, you need to cultivate a consistent and ongoing relationship with it. Not only will that help you deepen your understanding of it and your trust of it, but it will make it easier and easier every time. Eventually, that relationship will be crucial in your personal growth and well-being. It already is, but you might not see how it affects you so clearly. You will over time. My invitation for you is to explore how you can integrate your inner wisdom in your everyday decision-making and problem-solving as a way to practice. You can ask about the food you eat, about the rest you need, about the next task you're ready to do. And so by cultivating that deeper sense of connection with your inner wisdom, you will start to create a more authentic, fulfilling life, choices that feel more aligned with yourself and who you are at your core. Now, one obstacle we haven't talked about, but I will mention before we finish is if you feel unclear about your desires, your needs, and your values, that might be a problem because that inner voice is aligned with that. And I've told you before, like you can look at, does it align with the values, with the desires, with the true needs that you have to know if it's true? What if you tell yourself like, well, I'm not sure what I need. I'm not sure what I truly deeply value. I know what I've been conditioned <laughs> to, but I'm not 100% sure about my own true values and needs and desires. I would invite you to go to episode 93, a three-step guide to being more yourself. This episode will help you figure that out. And it comes with a workbook that will help you reflect on those things and 
kind of put it all down on paper, your desire, your needs, your values, and some other things too that will help you as you practice accessing your own inner wisdom. Now, if you need help with this, I told you this is one of my super powers. And right now I have two spots for one-on-one coaching. So you can send me an email or a DM to apply. And truly, this is the episode that took me the least amount of time to write because this is so much aligned with my everyday life. It's so easy for me. So let me hold your hand through this journey if you need to. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you haven't already done so, leave a review for this episode of the podcast in general on iTunes. It truly helps people find the podcast. And if this episode has helped you in any way, by helping other people find it, you can help even just one person feel better and grow and transform and turn their life around. You'll find the show notes for this episode at ericabelanger.com slash 175. You'll have there my contact for coaching and everything else you need. The quiz, links to episodes I've mentioned, the guided meditation for connecting to your intuitive mind, and everything else. Before you go, I just want to say a last thank you to the growing team behind this podcast for their support in making this possible. And this includes all our premium members. Once again, thank you for listening. See you next Monday.